you know, your classic par threes over water that all play like 15 yards longer than they should just for no reason. Like, yeah, because the is sea this? breeze, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <the sea> <laughs> uh, just like standing up here like, it is dead still out here and the wind is blowing like 20 in my face right now. And yeah, I, there are white caps on this Sitting at like pond. a 185-yard <laughs> par three. I'm just going to have to like nuke a freaking, I'm going to hit three wood here uh, into the wind. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right. Welcome back to the Blue Rod Podcast, everyone. This is Mildly Legitimate Conversation Amongst Friends and Lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find the Wheel Route at www.wheelroute.com. <clears throat> we are at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, you can download the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod Center, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. We're on the World Wide Web. Uh, my name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Log One the Don. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Um, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing, no, no groundbreaking weather updates. Things, things are good around here, which is probably a good thing for this time of year. Uh, T's and P's to the Gulf coast, uh, with a, you know, yet another, yet, yet another direct shot from a storm that sucks. Um, and, uh, hope everybody's able to pull through that and people get power back. Cause let me just tell you aside, I mean, aside from the, you know, the safety concerns, absolutely miserable not to have power in, uh, july slash september august september whatever time whatever month we're in right now who else is here my name is jordan shank i am in harrisonburg virginia where we have uh continued to get some good healthy rain had a nice little gully washer this afternoon at least on my end of town um things are looking lush continuing to to green up around here which is good to see um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan where I just want to say shout out to the timeline because the Bishop Sycamore oh my God. are tremendous. <laughs> so good. thank you everybody for your contribution to my little doses of, of happiness in between work calls. Uh, yeah, I, the, the 30 for 30 on that is going to be oh, must watch. I think Corbin, the, funny, I think the funniest one I've seen so far is uh, someone tweeted and just said bishop sycamore's third string qb and it was a picture of ti in the club <laughs> dressed up in a michael vick jersey and shoulder pads at like a hall it was obviously a halloween party i love it just like the most 2006 ti picture you can ever find i just sent you a funny one that i saw and it was from that famed <laughs> this the famed university of florida recruiting photo shoot in which like they let the one recruits dad dress up and <laughs> like the, yeah and it's just like it's like bishop sycamore starting defensive end and it's just the dad like looking at the camera just hot <laughs> belly stretching out the jersey <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, the guy wow. coached with a standing warrant. He had a warrant. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is on, some on the cocaine, mothership. This is some cocaine cowboys level like brass yeah. balls. You know, yeah. these guys Incredible. are out here giving like full on interviews with multiple warrants <laughs> out, like racing speedboats, and you know, this guy's out here on the on the mothership just doing it. So coaching against IMG. Oh, good. Getting so the good. brakes beat off him by IMG yeah. too. Well, yeah. Yes, I mean, they they do that. Um, Anyways, who else is here? My name is Jason Crick. Um, I am also 
coming to you live from the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia. That's right. Um, where, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, we've had the, the afternoon showers. It's been, it's been pleasant. Uh, the humidity is finally supposed to drop the second half of this week. Wow. It's been like a freaking sauna. Um, the entire, I can't, I can't relate. Can't relate at all. Yeah. Oh, listen, we, Let us describe we are, it for you, Logan. We're fine <laughs> if you keep that crap down there. Um, That's why my elbows but, stay so moisturized. You see that? No ashy yep. elbows here, son. You ashy. Can't um, confirm. I uh, I tweet the things at Jason Crick. Um, Mostly congratulations to people that you work with taking other jobs these correct. days. <laughs> yes. No, I, yep. I wasn't trying to be mean. It just seems to be a lot of. Well, Jay, that, that guy and I never worked together. I just oh, really? know him and. The Dukes produced him. Look like him. We are all family, huh? Oh, so you did never work together. Hmm. Never been in the same room together. Never shook his hand. Never looked him in the eye, huh? Never posed for a picture together. No. Um, and Jason's about to be pulling down benefits from the state of Tennessee and Virginia. Beautiful. Uh, I want to with pension in two states. I want to emphasize that none of this is provable in the court of law. Double, double. You no admission of guilt. Please direct all complaints to Colton Puckett. Colton Puckett, Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> The wheel route, uh, we have him on retainer, so all right. complaints can be addressed to him. For situations like this, these Correct. are the things that normally come up. So, Allegations. Um, yeah. One too many of these things happen, and you start keeping a guy on retainer. Exactly. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Uh, I am drinking out of cans of La Croix this evening. Ooh. Uh, wow, it's the, the Pomplamousse, or the grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know Love if this. that's how you say that fancy P word, but uh, yeah. Pomplamousse. It's it's enjoyable. That's yeah, I, I haven't had a nice pomplamousse in a while, actually. I, I think so, Logan. You and I especially have talked about kind of like, and Emily as well. I think, but like the Lacroix, not really having as much oomph in the in the flavor department. That's correct. Um, yeah, would agree. As as my kind of diet has changed over the last while and i'm eating less and less like processed foods and sure. things of that nature i think ultra flavorful my, yeah my taste buds are a lot more sensitive is, mm. is probably a result of that so um <clears throat> this doesn't feel like boring sparkling water it's actually pretty pretty jazzy <laughs> jazzy sparkling water yeah. Yeah. love it well flair uh, okay did, jordan did you ever do the uh coconut Lacroix La and uh and, and cold brew coffee back in the day no Oh, that's good. I'll have I'll have to look into that. It's a nice little like afternoon pick me up, you know. If you're I, looking to, I can believe that. And you don't because then you don't really like force yourself to just like pound like a just a black hot cup of coffee in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon and feel like you're like a truck driver or something. But right, just start know. sweating at three fifteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh. you know, have to take another BM and do yeah, untold damage you know. to your bunghole. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's why we pay for the good toilet paper. <laughs> good point. Correct. How's it going? Uh, what, I what am. Uh, I had two margaritas before jumping on this podcast, so I'm yes. drinking some ice water. Okay, Jimmy Buffett. Jeez, wow. It was. Was, uh, the, was it Jacob Nicely's uh, retirement party? I or? wish it had been delightful. He didn't have a retirement <laughs> party because he's staying here at JMU. Oh. He's the director of communications. Um, no, it was uh, it was El Charo night, so Marks. Sure. You still you still hitting that fajita burrito? Uh, no, I bounce around a little bit now. Oh, uh, look at you. Yeah, I work in like some fajita nachos. You can get the 
I, yeah, I should have gone to that one first. I just got you a friggin' tea. Um, the Eros con Pollo or Eros con Carne they can do now. It's delightful. Oh, wow. Yes, um, I love that. The cheese and, sauce that like intermingles in with the arroz yeah, is, this is what lovely. I'm saying. It's outstanding. Yeah, great binder. Um, yes. And uh, really their, their chicken quesadilla is top level. Mm. V strong. Gotcha. Guys are giving me the vapors over here. We're just gonna have some some, some charro. You, you know? got a drive through now. It's delightful. It's not really a drive through. You still got a call, but yeah, you can pick up via the drive through. Yeah. Which one is this? Thirty three. The OG. Oh yeah. They always had a drive through window. I'm glad they're finally yeah. using it. Yeah. I mean, I, what was I, that? Was that like a pizza place before or something? Or I don't know. I, the my earliest memories it was El Charo. Oh yeah, so. me too. But I just was always like, there's something fishy about this place. There's a drive-through yeah. window here. It's it had to be. It had to have been like something it. else at some point. And yeah. El Charo's had that drive-through window for 30 years, and COVID hit, and now it's just they're just cranking the food out. That's awesome. Hopefully they, they got it. a they got like a, a government grant to build out that drive-through yeah. situation. Yeah. Hope so. All right, I'm working on a. Actually, I might have already finished it. Not great. Uh oh. I had a boy. Um, a uh, spin drift. This is the orange oh. mango. Orange mango spin drift. I saw um, Emily went to the grocery today and there was a little little caser, little, little eight spot on top of the fridge. So I plucked one out of there. Delightful. Really good. Love it. Love it. Jordan, have you had the mango LaCroix? One of my favorites, mango LaCroix. I no, like I it. haven't. It's really I'll put good. put that on my list. If you like mango, some people just are out on mango, which I. It's fine. Yeah, well, it's, I an, think, it's an aggressive. I yeah, I like. think mango. The interpretation of mango in just like mass-produced beverages differs a lot yeah, across uh -huh. different sure. products. So you, it's really a crapshoot, which can be fun, right. but sometimes can be a bummer when it sure. falls on its face. You guys had the mango cart, that beer mango cart. Uh, it rings so. a bell. It is too good. It it's obviously like, didn't blow me away. It's like drinking a Capri Sun. If you're like on the beach and it's hot, I mean, you just rifle through. Like, I'm talking high double digit amounts of those beers, just because it's <laughs> it's like it's too juicy. It's like sweet. It, I'm telling yeah. you, it's it like goes, drinking the Capri Sun. Too, it's way too, too refreshing. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Capri, what, I love uh, this. what percent are we talking on? It's on a pretty. Capri it's a light. Sun. It's like a, a light summer beer, but okay. it's not. Uh, but I mean, listen, things things get out of hand, you know. Right. And on a, you, you'd have one too many Trulies and and be, you know, sitting sideways on the sandbar. You know what I'm saying? So I've heard. <laughs> People think. Oh, anyhow, all right, cool. Well, exciting times are amongst us. Um, week zero in the books, college football. We had live action. I think we all kind of made fun of the uh, the, the the big noon kickoff game that was. Uh, Illinois and Nebraska um, turned out to be kind of a fun game. And then we got to make fun of, you know, various actors in the game for other reasons afterwards. But um, any, any uh, hot takes you guys got to get off your chest? Bird I think it was his first win. It was exactly what a week zero reintroduction to college football should have been. Just hilarious in all directions for all reasons. We had a, a very ill-advised yeet of the ball out of yep. the end zone on just like a punt return. <laughs> we had a we had a two nothing. We had a a nine nine. We had a nine nine with yeah with a safety. And yeah, we had a thirty to nine. Down. It was it was wonderful. Full full marks. I loved it. Yeah yeah. And so the uh, the ending featured an awful beat as well. That's yes. true. Yes yeah. The I'm talking about everything. The over under was what fifty two and a half, and they hit fifty two. Yeah. 52 and they missed the extra point they missed the extra point to go over. 
<laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, not great, but this is kind of part of the charm of college football with no preseason. They We just roll the balls out there and kind of see what happens week one, <laughs> and you get some uneven performances. Um, but I, I guess, you know, this is not going to go well for Scott Frost this year if this is the kind of performance he's getting against Illinois with a brand-new coach um, and a, a whole slew of starters and who's who of of crap transfer quarterbacks like names you recognize from from you know the distance past right who's this brandon peters like has this guy played at like arkansas and michigan and i mean i don't know it seems like he's been all over i think their backup guy was a miami commit originally and then it went to rutgers sitkowski and then you know is is back anyhow it's just uh hilarious but nebraska goes down to illinois and i mean Scott Frost, he kind of has like, uh, who's the coach they're making fun of for like having like the face like he never knew what was going on? He has a little bit of that, a touch of that like face when you like flash to him on the sidelines. Like, man, you gotta need to kind of at least well, tune tune up that look a little bit. Yeah, like his his mouth's always hanging open. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I saw a quote from him today too that said basically like, well, our entire playbook was out the window based on how they were lining up on defense. Like, what? Yeah. Are you serious? That's like, not you're, concerning. You're all. the spread tempo guy that's like supposed to neutralize that. Like, you're the offense. You're supposed to be dictating a little bit more of what the defense does. I mean, not great. They got to play. What they got to play Oklahoma in two weeks? Two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna I be think a bloodbath. Four game. Like um, extreme bloodbath. What is wild? Because like, they. They had success, like Taylor Martinez broke off that huge touchdown run, and then they just refused to go back to that at all. Yeah. It's yeah. like, nope, we we will drop him back, and he will throw passes. <laughs> like, I don't think that's been working, guys, but you do. Right, which is just like so sweetie. weird to me because, I mean, that offense that they ran at UCF, I mean, they made use of McKenzie Milton's legs, and that, I mean, that, that was – part of the reason that offense worked and i mean i don't know maybe frost me maybe wasn't calling plays that's fine but that's not an excuse for him not to i mean yeah like you said martinez had a 75 yard touchdown run basically untouched you know like they were the, the, <laughs> illinois was that much like not paying attention to the quarterback run that that happened and then it was like you know well maybe we could try that again maybe get a couple first downs get going here i mean they had a chance to get back in the game too yeah um but they you know, it's not like Illinois was. It's not like Illinois is gonna <laughs> like step on your throat, right? I mean, geez, Louise. Well, the, but. the Martinez uh, fumble that I think that got scoop scored at the end of the first half, like that, that was yeah, that's hurtful tough. as yeah. well. Certainly um, tough. But yeah, I I don't think Scott Frost is long for this job. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, there's just a lot of like really tough stats out there. Like he'd have to go like 15 and, and one in his next 16 games just to equal Bill Callahan's record at Nebraska. Who I mean, that guy was like unceremoniously run off after two and a half years. Also, I think um, he'd have to go 38 and one. I think to equal Jim Harbaugh's record at Michigan. Yep. Um, and these are like both guys that get like talked about like oh they're not doing a great job. It's like well one of them is doing a much worse job. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, anyhow, we'll we'll see we'll see how this goes, but that has to be scorching hot uh, you know, for Scott Frost. And like honestly, kind of sucks. Like he's like favorite son of Nebraska, right? You know, I mean that that seemed like it was going to be that could have been a cool like very quintessential college football story if that had yep. worked out, right? And now we're kind of like on the opposite side of it like kind of giggling a little bit at old old Scott Frost and uh and them boys. 
the other game of note was uh, UCLA um, and Hawaii. I suppose this was of note. This was a, a real snoozer done pretty quickly. Um, Hawaii not playing in the 11 p.m. window Eastern is kind of tough, kind of tough to take in Hawaii in the daylight. So, um, yeah, their body clocks had to be all jacked up. Like, <laughs> would, completely would different think. time zone, completely different time slot in a different time zone. Uh, right. It's just a lot to ask of the Rainbow Warriors. Exactly. We were doing um, some home improvement, some light home improvement this weekend, and I missed the first quarter of this game, but I'm, I'm taking it that uh, UCLA put it to them pretty good on the ground. Um, from what I could gather, I saw uh, it was Dorian Thompson-Robinson. That's the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. DTR. He, um, I mean, he did not have a very impressive stat line, and UCLA was winning that game by like thirty-five when I when I checked in. So uh, that that's a I think what Chip Kelly probably wants to do. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, do that to some teams because I think Hawaii is um, not good. Yeah. Well, UCLA's got LSU coming up. Yep. Either this weekend or next weekend. So I think yeah, I think it might be this weekend. I, I saw uh, there's. There's a new, new to me anyhow, Twitter account that popped up, uh, message board. Message board geniuses. Yeah. And yeah. I saw a screenshot, I believe it was from Tiger Droppings, shout out, <laughs> where they reacted to the Hawaii game very reasonably, of course. So yeah. Excited. For, I am excited for that game. Though. Well, and I think LSU's like maybe going to be practicing slightly displaced this week because of right. um, some stuff. Right, so I'm sure we'll, we'll talk ourselves into like, oh, you never know, but yeah, I mean, kind of like sneaky, maybe big game for LSU, right? Could be. Like, they weren't very impressive for much of the season last year, and I think, uh, you know, this could be a, a good chance for them to, I don't know, probably beat a team they should beat, but they didn't do that a whole lot last year either. So, you never know. Should be fun. Um, all right, we'll get to that game though, maybe in a later episode this week. Uh, but for now. Post week zero team previews march on here. We're wrapping up the uh, the big six, right? Is that That's what, what they doing? call them. The big <laughs> the big six, right? The uh, the power five and the, the independence. We uh we we did it was pointed out by probably executive producer of the show Jordan Shank that we just <laughs> blew right past Notre Dame in the ACC and independence previews, so. Um, I know. stand by. Right, what's your thirty? What's your thirty-second Notre Dame Notre Dame preview? Who are you? Who are you excited to see on their team? Uh, angry Brian Kelly. There we go. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Who's gonna play quarterback? Who's gonna play quarterback for uh, for Notre Dame? No one knows. Jack Cohen. I think that's who he is. A Wisconsin transfer. That's a Notre Dame is hell name though. Too. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Well, it's Cohen, like C O A N. But I've I've heard a lot of like hard pronunciation of the of like the O to the A. Well, especially uh, if you're transition. In, if you're in the Midwest, that's got to trip you up. Like you, you hand you navigate that totally differently than, <laughs> than we do, Cohen. Which is fine. It just yeah. lends to some differences. Absolutely. So, um, other than that, you know, Notre Dame will be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. They usually are, um, and they'll win ten games. And will. And they don't have to be... play Clemson this year. So yes, bingo. So, but let's go to the Big Twelve. All right, let's go to the Big 12. Uh, as loyal listeners of these preview episodes know, uh, we are trying to take a more structured approach to these uh, precursor segments. 
Uh, so we're going to first start out by positing who might be on the hot seat in the Big 12. And honestly, I didn't come up with anybody. So yeah, I, I can't come up with one. anyone. So we um, also, we can... I, have a, I, have a, I have a slight reach, maybe. Let's hear it. How, how long is Gary Patterson at TCU? So that's interesting you said that, Jason, because that was going to be my, like, he, he might not be on the hot seat, but he might be a little getting a little long in the tooth and it might yeah, be time so like, for him considering to where they were because where they were even when they moved to the big 12 was still a very very good football program yeah They've kind of just been a bit middling for a few right. years now i mean one of the two of you have picked them to win the big 12 like every year we've done this podcast i think <laughs> <is international>. <laughs> <laughs> so, not since i don't know was that quarterback they had like kenny boynton or whatever andy that, dalton uh, well, Dalton was all right. They were really good right after Andy Dalton. Um, I mean, in the last five years, he has won more than seven games one time. Right. Mm. So, yeah. like, I don't know if TCU, you know, pictures itself as a real contender in the Big 12 or right. a real He's contender for- in whatever happens after Texas Oklahoma. I just don't – I don't see any situation in which he gets fired. I yeah. think it would be more of like a – head coach in waiting or like he moves on to into a a non-football coaching role with the athletic department or something it just sure he's been there like that that, it seems like he's kind of like is the the bedrock of that program becoming like nationally prominent at all he's been there literally since the turn of the century that's over 20 years yeah he coached he coached with them when they were in conference usa which i honestly forgot they were in yeah that was when ladanian tomlinson was on the team right uh around there yeah yeah. Which is crazy to think of that guy in college, man. Yeah. When was he? I don't know. It feels like he could have been in college in like either 1994 or 2004. I think it has to be like 2001-ish. I think it was early 2000s. Hold on a second. All right. Well, you you look that up. But yeah, Jason, he would be my like most likely to move on. And then like there's always the potential that Mike Gundy does something wild and gets fired, <laughs> right? But I, you know, he in some in many ways to me is in a similar situation at Oklahoma State. Go ahead, Jason. What you got? So, Ladanian Tomlinson's senior year was 2000. Wow. So, he actually only played for Gary Patterson for one game when Gary Patterson took over for the Mobile, Mobile Athletic or Alabama Bowl. Mm. Um, okay. And which means that Ladanian Tomlinson played four years, not in Conference USA, but in the WAC. Wow. The OG WAC. WAC legend, Ladanian yeah. Tomlinson. That's so, right. Oh, I learned something today. Did Ladanian Tomlinson and Marshall Falk play against each other in college? Yeah, Marshall Falk went already, to San Diego State, didn't he? Marshall Falk was already in there because he he was on he, that. He was pre Ladanian. Yeah, he was on the Greatest Show on Turf, which is ninety nine. Yeah, but Rams, I guess not right? out of the realm of possibility that they overlapped for a year in college. I'm just saying, yeah, like yeah, in the whack, he, he got drafted Marshall, by the Colts. Oh, you're right. Marshall Falk graduated in 1994. So. Oh wow. Yeah, he was no like meaning. seven years into his career in like 2001. Yeah. Jeez, he was like a savvy vet when Kurt he Warner was, on was throwing the it all cover over the of field. Madden 2001, wasn't he? Uh, oh, three, I think. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, I'm really getting out here, anyhow. Anyways, uh, the moral of the story is I think <laughs> if TCU isn't like a seven or eight win team this year, and I kind of would be surprised if they were, I think the rumblings are going to start. Yeah, there might be some discussions internally. Yeah. You don't think TCU is a top half of the Big 12 team? 
mean, compared they, to they Kansas State, their their peers are Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. If if that if that is true, the only teams above them then would be Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Oklahoma is its own tier, and then probably Texas yes. and Iowa State. And maybe yeah, they're probably part of that third tier, but that third tier covers the whole middle of the conference. Don't don't disagree with you. I just was so you know you look at the bottom of the Big Twelve and it gets pretty bad pretty fast. So well, that, like, I think you, don't, they, you are not wrong. What's yeah. let me pull up TCU's schedule this year. Oh, so early schedule. Skipping talk. ahead, their their number is seven and a half, and they are favored to go over. Oof. Yeah. Um, so they got Duquesne, Cal, SMU, Texas, Texas. So who's their non-conference? Duquesne, Cal, and SMU? Yeah. yeah. I mean, SMU's not a pushover. SMU's no slouch. Cal, Lord knows. Obviously, they'll beat Duquesne. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't fake, know. I mean, fake Dukes, is, Duquesne. You gotta, they need to win their games against the crappy teams, right? I mean, yeah. by crappy, I mean the teams that they're, they're better. They have, they have to hold serve, They basically. need to win at Texas Tech. They need to beat West Virginia at home. They need to win at Kansas State. They need to probably win at Baylor and, and or they need to beat Baylor and, and Kansas and then you know then you're looking at winning one of Iowa State Oklahoma State uh, at Oklahoma no way SMU they go they go to Texas Tech they go to Oklahoma they go to Oklahoma State and they go to Iowa State that sucks <clears throat> that does suck but they will be happy to come home and play well when they do get their chances to come home remember it's that true. so it's true yeah, you know, you're, you, the the Gary Patterson thing is interesting. He just he's been the coach there for so long. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just so. He's like, him, I wonder. If there's a decent chance he's. The, I think he's the longest tenured head coach right now, isn't he? Probably, twenty first year. Yeah, I mean, how long has Cutcliffe been at Duke? Not that long. Oh no, that's right. He just seems like he's ninety seven years old. Oh no, he is that old. He just hasn't been the Duke coach for that long. It just yeah. took him a long time in his career to get a head coaching job because he was like the like quarterback whisperer for every program in the world for a while oh, like, <laughs> we just we just talked about the only one longer tenured from the big 10 the big league boys oh yeah why why am i blanking on who it is oh kirk ferentz himself oh yeah 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 yeah. just yeah. it's iowa they're easy to it's easy to kind of just forget what a flyover state flyover football program i'll be like 12th in the they'll be like finish the year 12th let's see let's see how close year. you guys can get to the the top five um they're all they're all power five Barrett, patterson yep third place we literally just mentioned about 30 seconds ago are, gundy gundy are we counting like okay so longest tenure is single school not just like consent yeah. yeah 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 um gundy's three yep i mean is, is cutcliffe in the top five no Cutcliffe is 11. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Uh, number four took over for a current NFL coach in Florida. Ryan Day? What? Oh, took over at Florida? No, took over, took over for a current NFL coach in Florida. Like three moves ago. Urban Meyer. Yep. Well, I mean, well, I, is... I don't think that's the clue you think it is, Jason. Yeah. Why don't you just tell us. It's Kyle Whittingham at Utah. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm following. Okay. Yeah, I'm following the bouncing ball. That's way back. Sorry about that. Um, <sighs> Wait, you said they were all Power Five. That's Utah. Utah. Utah's, Utah's in the Pac-12. Yeah, are we counting them as a powerful? Uh, <laughs> <conference>? <laughs> Please, <laughs> Utah slander will not stand on this podcast. Um, uh, I could believe that was Pac-12 slander, so we'll allow. Yeah, it. I think they're part of the alliance now. So. That's true. Oh, God. Some twenty, some forty-one is, right. is what it's been called. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the other one, Jason? Uh, number five is Northwestern's head coach. Oh my gosh! Oh, Patrick Fitzgerald, Jeez, Officer Pat, Officer yep. Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no one. No, now that Bielema's back, giving him run for his money on who looks I'm more saying. like a cop, but thickness. Um, um, Fitzgerald is super. Number crazy. six is actually Rick Stockstill at Middle Tennessee. So there you go. Oh. Yeah, that was, was the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah. that was the I, next guess. That was, I was right Anyways, there. that's a fun little thought exercise. Yeah. Nick Saban is 9. Dabo's 10. Brian Kelly is 12. Yikes. Somehow. <laughs> I can see that. All right. All right. Yeah, uh, Big 12 players. Who, who are the Jimmys and Joes we like in the Big 12? I mean, clearly for me, Spencer Rattler. I mean, sure. probably your your runaway Heisman favorite at this point, um, just given the kind of numbers and the kind of track record that uh, Oklahoma has with quarterbacks. And this is like the first time that Oklahoma is like bringing a quarterback back in a while, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Like yeah. they've won they've won Heisman's with like one year transfer quarterbacks, just throwing them right into the fire and letting them cook i think he's gonna have a huge year so i mean oklahoma's fun to watch anyway they tend to tear up these defenses but obviously excited uh to see him not super excited about brock purdy i'm gonna be honest brock purdy doesn't really like really get to get it up for me so i don't really know uh about that he is, he is the second <laughs> he is the second team your second team preseason uh big 12 quarterback though uh he is tall and he is white, which means he will go number fifteen at the draft to like. Do, you know, do we do we have a hand measurement though yet? Because I not can yet. Really send guys up or down with this. This is true. Yeah, we'll need to we'll need to find out about that. But uh, trying to see if there's any uh, defensive players that I'm I'm super stoked about. Can't say I am. So on the defensive side, uh, one guy I came across who unfortunately plays for Kansas uh, is. Karan or Karan, I apologize. Uh, Prunty, he's a defensive back for Kansas. He was a true freshman last year, zero touchdowns allowed, playing for Kansas as a true freshman. Uh, Somehow decided to stay there and didn't transfer, which is also an interesting decision. Um, (laughs) Love it. You know, he's free to move about the cabin as he chooses. Right. Um, But... Yeah, so interested to see him. Uh, also on my list, I have uh, Brees Hall, Iowa State's running back. Um, he put up some big numbers last year, was their third leaving receiver as well as their leading rusher. And then two quarterbacks, not necessarily excited to see, but I'm interested, I'm curious about. Uh, Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State, he showed some flashes last year. Don't know if he's going to necessarily take a leap, but if he does, I think that could be a really fun team. Sure. And then Tyler Shuck, uh, he is a transfer from Oregon, Oregon who transfer. will be at Texas Tech. So that could also potentially be fun. Or it could fizzle out and he could transfer somewhere else next year. I cannot believe that 
so he transferred from Oregon because Oregon's going with Anthony Brown, the Boston College guy. I suppose. Like, I thought that Shuck was like definitely the better Oregon quarterback when I watched them play briefly last year. Oregon was a weird team last year, he but made stuff happen for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason, anything to add? Um, I think uh, Jarrett Doge or whatever his name is is still West Virginia's quarterback. Okay, I think he's been there like five, six years. Daggy? Do they go Daggy? I don't know. It might be. That could be one of those mis- Midwestern pronunciations again. I don't know. It, it's it's spelled like Doge, so I really kind of want to just call it Doge. It might be Doge. But um, Doge coin. Jared Doge coin. I don't know. It feels like. Uh, <clears throat> There's an NIL opportunity. It's true. Um, <laughs> Daggy coin. Yeah, it feels like uh, this is the third year under Neil Brown, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I think but their defense got a lot better last year, and I think that if their offense takes a step, they could be a very interesting team. And I think for the offense to take a step, he kind of has to be the man. And so. Right. I would love for West Virginia to get back to being like very dangerous West Virginia. Like it always seemed like it would be snowing and like the place was just like, just the fans had their teeth on fire. Like like super, super foggy Morgantown. Yeah. It doesn't make Oklahoma a couple years ago in the snow. Yep. It doesn't make any sense that like they're in the Big Twelve, and then you just got like Texas has to like show up to Morgantown like in the middle of the winter and play football, and like I don't know, they always like kind of played fun football. Yeah. But anyhow, that I would, I would, I'm here for that. I also am excited for uh, Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State uh, running back, because I love running backs whose name is Deuce. I just think sure. that's a great, that's a great running back name, uh, and strength coach name. Shout out to Deuce Gruden, our guy. So yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Deuce was, like you said, a powerful running back name for NFL running backs of our youth. Yeah. Deuce Staley, Deuce McAllister. Like, those guys were mainstays on Fox highlights. Did did both of those guys go to Ole Miss? I know one of them did. Did both Deuces go to Ole Miss? Jason, can you you get on that, please? Deuce McAllister, Deuce Staley. Where did Deuce Staley go go to? I don't think Staley did. I think McAllister went to Ole Miss. All right. Uh, these two deuces are spelled differently, which I've always found fascinating. <laughs> this is like a Dwayne Wade situation. We so aim... It's a you before E except after deuce. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. Yeah. Uh, deuce McAllister went to Ole Miss. Uh-huh. Deuce Staley was a Gamecock. Ah, there we so go. Both, both uh, it meant more for both of them. Right, yeah. nestled in the heart of SEC country, both of them. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk some some games. We're excited to see. Obviously, your mainstay, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, probably going to be on the list. Oh, I I was going to go with El Asico on November or sorry September 11th. God, September 11th is just stacked with. We're going to have to pick like 78 games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how am I supposed to be out there pulling the string on the greens in Orlando you when I got bring, all these like, games four going pocket on. chargers? <laughs> uh, Virginia. Speaking of going to Morgantown, yeah, old Justin Fuente has to go to Morgantown the week after. Ooh, Ooh. intriguing. Yeah, boy, those. Remember, I remember reading about those games, those Big East games today. Hey, like, there was a lot of hatred in that Big East. Yeah, I like I didn't even get cable at my parents' house back then, but I would I would just from the newspaper articles, I'd be like, damn, these people hate each other. Yeah, yeah. that is that, that like, was uh, some... like West Virginia Pitt was bad too. Yeah, yeah, West Virginia Pitt was like borderline violent, but West Virginia Virginia Tech oh, was like 
like good old like country boy dislike. <laughs> oh man, those are the my days. cousins. My cousins would go to games when they played in Blacksburg and like West Virginia upset them one year and they like they had to like beat up half at it because they were being like flying West Virginia flags and that sure stuff up. and they were like yeah then people like started running at us so we just left us <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that um look at that here was back I see when Virginia Tech was actually blue collar so oh. <laughs> Oklahoma State oh, wow wow some slander not from us I love it Jordan <laughs> we got on that one. Uh, free slander this week's episode yep. uh the Oklahoma State Cowboys travel to Boise State on September 18th oh blue turf yes yes uh, the other one I saw that we haven't talked about in a previous episode, Logan mentioned earlier, but TCU SMU, that could get pointsy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, I I would like to watch it. Trying to see here, you know, not interested in a whole lot of Baylor games this year. Who would have Who would have thought? I would agree. Who's Dave Aranda? Dave Aranda still out there? Baylor, huh? Yeah, he's only, he's only been said, there for a year. Who is Dave Aranda? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really all I got. Big Twelve, not really thinking outside of the box here, but they do. The Big Twelve does, to their credit. I think everybody plays everybody in conference. Uh, yeah. You know, because there's only ten teams in the Big Twelve, and have, uh, they can, have we they can spitballed do that. Uh, Hugh Freeze to Baylor yet? <laughs> No, we spitballed <laughs> Hugh Freeze somewhere else, though, didn't we? SEC. Yeah, yeah, but right. I feel I feel like if Baylor got really cranky and tired of Aranda, and they wanted to move on, I feel like they would hire Hugh Freeze. Oh, absolutely. You know, Tennessee really should have hired Hugh Freeze. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> they should have hired four or five other guys. Before. <laughs> well, I There's mean, a lot of... like assuming that we're like casting all. The, you know, things we know about how sure. bad of people some people are aside, which, you know, <laughs> college football, here we go. Uh, you know, I, I just think it would have made a lot of sense. Josh Heupel's not really not really moving the needle for me, Tennessee, which, hey, happy. Couldn't have happened to a better better group of guys over there, but that's that that would be that's my that, those are my thoughts i just think hugh freeze belongs like doing some sec bs you know what i'm saying like just yeah. muddling his way through south carolina or something oh, like i would that. agree i would like to see him in the sec but i feel like baylor should be talked about as a contender i mean yeah baylor is basically just like uh a slightly more buttoned up liberty right yeah at this that's, point. Why I'm, that's why i'm going down this <laughs> yeah. path they liberty are, the feeder the school for baylor they just exchange like you know administrators with different they network with each other yeah <laughs> they network with each other that's what they call it. uh anyhow all right um okay all right uh let's, speaking let's of networking who wins the conference who is the value pick um oklahoma is minus odds favorites sure. which makes sense um i who did i put down i mean iowa state's got to be the value pick if you're looking not to pick minus odds oklahoma yeah so they're plus 260 i when i I was reviewing things i think you could talk me into texas at as like so they're plus 1200 if if sarkeesian just like walks in there and is like i i really am that good at this and I can hang 60 on these defenses, <laughs> then plus 1,200 feels like it could be exciting for a couple weeks. Sure. Yeah, 
I'm, and I, I guess with the I'm Big 12, you do get, even if you say lose to Oklahoma, you, you, you'll get another crack out of the Big 12 championship yeah. game, yeah. you know? So that's, that's interesting. All right. And that's the other, that's like sort of, I guess the other part of why it's so hard to pick anyone other than Oklahoma. Right. Just because they, you, I'm hard, I'm hard pressed to them. think that either of these teams is going to either, well, is going to beat Oklahoma once or, or twice, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Oklahoma will have also seen the team exactly. they play. I mean, did this exact, this thing played out exactly like this? Was it last year or two years ago? Didn't Iowa State randomly beat Oklahoma and then Oklahoma just like beat the living tar out of them in the Big 12 championship game? Yeah, it sounds like last year. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, and now we each get to pick a win total. And will that team surpass or uh, fall, fail to reach it? Uh, I, I looked through this not with a whole lot of interest, but I think I'm going to go Iowa State under nine and a half um, just for the simple fact that mm. minus 110 on either side and I don't think, like, they're not sneaking up on anybody this year kind of the way they did last year. Um, and I think, kind of like Logan said, I'm not super sold on Brock Purdy as, like, take your team to a 10 or 11 win campaign. It's not that I don't think Brock Purdy's good. I just think that he's, like, he's that he's that uh, NFL mold quarterback that just in my mind is like usually generally kind of unimpressive in college like iowa always has a quarterback like this that like is gonna start games for the 49ers in like three years you're gonna be like that guy freaking the the iowa guy who got like lit up by the gators in the in the outback bowl is out here starting games in the nfl but hey you know it can it can happen i just you know sometimes i don't really love that that that, yeah that that pro style you know, this is why Matt Campbell, I think, is like extreme flight risk guy because he seems like he's destined for an NFL job. Seems like he's destined for like going to be USC's coach for two years and then is going to be coaching the Rams. It's going to be like, wow, what a, right, what a rise. Sean McVay, I guess. Well, yeah, but Sean McVay, <laughs> maybe he wants to move on. Maybe Sean McVay is definitely going to be getting Cowboys a job in the coach. Nah. I think he'll. I think he'll slide in to be like a uh, Tony Romo type. Probably get paid like way too much to call sixteen NFL games a year and just crush it. Um, I have two value picks. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Uh, hey. first of all, I do. Th- so West Virginia is at six and a half. I think they get to seven. Um, like it, because they have, they have Long Island. They have at Kansas. They have Texas Tech, and they have at Kansas State almost certainly favored in all four of those. Yeah. And then they just have to get three of Baylor, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State at home, at TCU, at Maryland, home Texas. Yeah, that feels doable. They should be able to split that, yeah. Yeah. That's that's six kind of coin flips, and if they go as actual coin flips, then they win seven games. Especially Texas at home. Right. That that is a really either way like i know i like texas at plus 1200 to maybe right. win but <laughs> right. there's also like there's also that oh there's also the Sarkeesian first year coach take, yeah, yeah t- could take a while and 
He's not used to doing the Texas to West Virginia road trip. Like no. you have no idea how those boys will respond. Right. And that's so. uh, well, and he's also probably not used to having a quarterback like not being able to just run like high level, high IQ quarterback, you know, RPOs every single play of the game because he has the best running backs and the best wide receivers and the best offensive line to like just make that an unstoppable thing. Like that's not going to be the case every week. I mean, maybe compared to your typical big 12 team, Texas has the best players, but um, the, the, the Delta is not uh, at least, I don't know. They were over Alabama's offense last year was like all time overwhelming. Great. So yeah. it's a little, it's also worth pointing like, out that Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state and Texas, probably their two hardest toss up home, home games yeah. are both in November. Yeah. So it's going to be chilly there. So anyways, I think West Virginia can get to seven wins. I would, I would like it. I like what's, that. What's your other one? The other one is Kansas plus one sixty five to get to two wins. Okay, I, I, I was, I was, two I, I looked at it, Jason. I cannot find two. I'm excited to hear you say. I, so I don't. Yes. I mean, listen. There's no past history to indicate that they can get to two. Zero. Sure. But um, they did drop me, an over last night. Lance Leipold and them boys. They did. Yeah. I mean. I, I think Lance Leipold is a good coach, and I, sure. like, listen, if the over-under was two and a half, you couldn't find odds good enough for me. Well, he's but got I, Karan Prunty coming back, so that's that's one side. Yeah, exactly. Game, game changer. Hey, um, and <laughs> I just – I think he's a good enough coach to sneak two wins against this field. Yeah, but our, here's the first thing. Isn't South Dakota good? Oh, yeah. So – they don't have a gimme one double yeah. A game. No, so I have a FCS game. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And they, then they go to Coastal Carolina, who maybe might might be coming in a little overvalued, but is certainly better Should than Kansas. Still be better than Kansas. The feathers off. And of then Kansas. they get to play yeah. Baylor. So there's a game. Maybe they could get Baylor. Didn't they, they play could get Baylor, Baylor close last year? Was that probably their, whoever they played? Well, I mean, last Baylor game sucks. The season, they only lost by a field goal. Yeah, Baylor's not great. Okay. Then they're at Duke. Uh, they oh they lost at Texas Tech by a field goal. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but Texas Tech's got going to be rolling Tyler Shuck out there. So, <laughs> and just FYI, the Jayhawks were playing uh, with nothing to lose and played a very competitive game against Texas Tech despite being outgained four hundred and ten to two hundred and four. <laughs> That's right. In that <laughs> game. That. So Will Muschamp is actually coaching the uh, the 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 Jayhawks. It sounds it's, like. Listen, you're not you're not telling me anything I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm uh, with you. But plus one sixty five is an exciting. Plus one sixty five is there. They also like they go to Duke, and you know where David Clucklev stands here. But like, it's not like Duke is world beaters. True. I I, famous, I just think that like if they snuck to two wins, it wouldn't shock me. And you can't. That, I mean, that's that would true. Be like an entertaining bet for sure. Oh, if yeah. they get if they they had to get a win in the first in the first three weeks, and then it's just going to be every week we'll just yeah. check in on Kansas to see if they like have like, yeah that's that's summoned up such an fun... effort of the year, like you know maybe West Virginia last game of the year West Virginia's had a disappointing season you never know. Um, and I actually hold on give me one, give me one second. I think I might be way worse. Yeah, so uh... shoot. South Dakota State is awesome at FCS football. South Dakota is right. medi- as a mediocre FCS team. Okay. okay, I thought South Dakota was still like ranked mm-hmm. in the preseason. North was... Dakota 
North Dakota is okay. very good. So South Dakota so, State, North Dakota State, and North Dakota are all extremely it. good. So this is the South one. Dakota kind of sucks. The one the directional yeah. Dakota that is not is not yeah. uh, primo. So that's that is probably a genuine like. They could yeah, win that if game. They don't, if they don't win that. It's gonna be a hard. It's gonna be a hard yeah. fought game. Week one, they got to get out there with the dub against South Dakota, and then it all bets are off against yeah. Coastal Baylor. I, and I'm Duke. gonna take. They got to win one of their next three games because they're. Probably I, I'm telling you, I, I I like the value a lot, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not no, gonna you're, find you're a not, more. You're not not talking me into it, Jason. You're not gonna you're not gonna find a more fun like <laughs> inexplicable rooting interest for the 2021 <laughs> season. True, Logan, while you put your put forth your prediction or pick of choice i'm interested to see if i can find a kansas south dakota line <laughs> we're in a dark place already right yeah okay so i checked and i did not see lines and i think that's because it's a fbs versus fcs matchup and it's those not common. typically yeah. don't get posted Okay. on the board so i i think my value pick might be uh taking the under on kansas state okay not a tremendous schedule for them they were disappointing last year they have a lot of returning starters on offense but not a lot on defense we have mentioned deuce vaughn you know preeminent yep. running back of our time but uh they play stanford in arlington texas to start the year weird um then they play Southern Illinois, who, if I know anything about FCS, Southern Illinois, not bad. The Salukis, right? Right. Yep. Uh, Nevada is going to be good, I think, this year. They're going to be better than – I mean, it's going to be them and Boise State for uh, Mountain West. And then they start their slew of uh, of um, Big 12 games. So, And they start at Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma, then Iowa State. They they could be a very demoralized team, is what I'm saying. After that little three three game run, you get Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, West Virginia, Baylor, Texas down the stretch. Um, I don't know. I just think that like they don't have a super forgiving. They they have to beat Stanford for them to go over in my mind, and even if they beat Stanford, like I don't think Southern Illinois is a guaranteed win for them. Given who they are, I definitely don't think Nevada is a guaranteed win. And then it's it's conference games, and they're going to be probably looking up at most of the teams they play. Less Kansas, they might be on equal footing with Baylor and West Virginia. But there you go. All right, so that's the Big Twelve, and now we move on to the other conference of champions, uh, the SEC. That's right. So hot seat talk first. Again, this. Didn't have a lot of obvious candidates for me personally. Um, there are a lot of first-year coaches in the SEC yeah. this season. Uh, the only two potential early exits I could maybe foresee would be Ed Orgeron or Mike Leach, and that's really only if, like, I guess more so in Orgeron's case, like if investigations and things turn turn stuff up, uh, but it, or if they just like do something really stupid and more so in the Mike Leach yeah. uh, side of things. <clears throat> yeah. Mike Leach is, he is your, your, your Mike Gundy candidate for will could get fired due to wild, something wild happening or like giving like a horrific interview on OAN or something like that. But the, um, I, I think that it, Ed Orgeron is maybe closer to the hot seat than maybe you think Jordan. Okay. Uh, 
He has – they were not good last year. They did salvage the season a little bit by beating Florida in the last game of the year <clears throat> in that in that postponed game in the fog that we remember the shoe launch happening during. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of got bailed out there, and, you know, they they just, like, weren't very good. They weren't very good at quarterback. I know that they lost a lot of talent, um, but he's he already has done the replace both coordinators thing, which is usually a telltale sign of not good things happening. Uh, trying to go back to the you know the way things were when Joe Brady was calling plays, um, and so they, he's hired a guy who you know Brady recommended and to call plays on offense, and he's hired a Dave Aranda disciple to call plays on defense. So we'll see if it works. They're always going to be talented. Um, this year is their year to play Florida at home, which is helpful um, for them. But I don't know another five win year for LSU I think it gets really really hot for him um and it might be one of those things where it's like well was he Gene Chizik was it a flash in the pan based on (laughs) a really really good like generational quarterback you know situation you know perfect opportunity like plus two plus yeah yeah plus two got hurt in the in your big game um that you you played against Alabama um you know they were probably better than Alabama but you know, certainly Tua not playing half that game helps. So anyhow, I, I think I think LSU could be closer to like they just they seem a little Auburny in their uh trigger finger too. Like like if if it gets kind of bad, they'll just be like, Oh, burn it down. But anyhow. Okay. I mean I don't think Orgeron like he he got the job, but like I don't really think that they were like thinking he certainly they, won. Wasn't they didn't like, like win consensus. that higher. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, but uh, a national championship goes a long way, especially there, especially on that side of the SEC. And they're, I mean, they, I just think they're kind of like, they're like Alabama, probably Texas A&M at this point, um, LSU, Georgia, Florida. Like they're always going to recruit well just based on brand. And, you know, yeah, they can recruit extra well based on their specific location. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they're going to like, if if they hired a new coach, they would like drop off talent wise. Sure. Anybody else? Mm. So Vandy's breaking in a new coach, right? Tennessee's yep. got a new coach. South Carolina's got a new coach. Drinkwitz is in year two. Uh, looks like they only had three spring practices. So circle Missouri Ouch. for something weird happening. Kentucky, I feel like uh, Mark Stoops might be a candidate to for another job kind okay. of guy. I don't think he's on the hot seat, but Kentucky I don't know. He, might be on the hot I seat. would, cause yeah, I would say he's done a really good job with Kentucky, uh, getting them to play above their, like he has done, I would say a similar job to what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi state. Like Kentucky okay. is like getting second, to find second ceiling. or third in the sec East. Now they're clearly better than Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, like the other, sec east teams um and yeah they're they're tough out which they you know you couldn't say that about kentucky before and i just i I feel like he might be destined for a different job but he gets brought up a lot he's never left kentucky so he might just be really happy there i don't know it's possible uh okay uh players jimmy's and joe's let's hear them i mean i'm excited about matt corral yes I had him um, as well. That'll be fun. I mean, just excited about the Ole Miss experience, man. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, I am 
intrigued by the Florida quarterback position. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% certain that Emory Jones is going to be the quarterback every, like the the far and away quarterback, although Mullen is very loyal to his guy, his senior guys, and Emory Jones is the first quarterback that Dan Mullen picked to come in. Emory Jones is Emory a from- junior or senior? He is a redshirt junior. Okay. So if he has a good year, he could be gone. But he has another year of eligibility. Gotcha. So he's waited his time. Um, I mean, and, uh, and you know, Mullen tends to get the most out of quarterbacks, regardless of, like, what their particular skill sets are. So I'm excited about that. But I think Richardson, the backup at Florida, is going to be really good, too. So that could be fun. Um, Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby are still at Auburn, right? I know Bo Nix is. Bo Nix certainly is. <laughs> do we – who's who? okay, who are we more excited to watch just do things, Matt Corral or Bo Nix? Because they, like, like, they do different types of yeah. fireworks. I feel like I enjoy Bo Nix more um, just yeah. because, it, like, literally everything can happen – I just or think Bo Nix might might look like a completely different quarterback because he's going to be playing in what potentially might be a competent like offensive scheme sure. that like sets him up to succeed or maybe like not be just always rolling out, flinging the ball as far <laughs> as he can down the sideline. You know, I, I just I'm 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 out. So I know Matt it's Corral, it is. I'm, then. I'm out on the uh, yeah. I'm out on the uh, the Gus Malzahn quarterback guru thing. I think it works if Cam Newton is your quarterback, but. Um, mixed results if anyone else is your quarterback. Yeah, but I and, and and you know I know Harson has kind of had some some COVID related concerns pop up here recently and, and maybe isn't off to the best start at Auburn. But uh, I do think that that like Boise State system probably, I mean that made the most out of like some pretty generic like good decision making quarterbacks, but not like, you know, your game manager types, right? Your classic game manager types. And, you know, Nick's probably has a better skill set than some of those guys. It just remains to be seen if he can make good decisions. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, I am excited. I mean, I think Macarral and Ole Miss are gonna be a lot of fun though. I mean, I just love how aggressive Kiffin is. I just yes. I, I cannot overstate how much I enjoy like <laughs> how aggressive they are. Um and I think I think I I love it even more because it's not my team he's doing that with. Sure. Like, I would I'd be terrified if Lane Kiffin was my coach <laughs> and I would find so much wrong with what he was doing. Sure. But because I can just watch it and not be emotionally attached at all, <clears throat> it's phenomenal. Right. Um, um the other the other players I had, uh John Meachie the third at Alabama, he gets to be wide receiver one this year now that Devontae Smith's not there. Oh, and then, Mechie. Uh, yeah, gotcha. The uh, the two defensive backs LSU and Florida have Derek Stingley and Kyer Elam. Um, if you're in, if you're into footwork and locking guys down, those those are two. Two of the best. Uh, two of the best to do it. Might be your two. Pretty competent. All, first team All American corners right there too. Um, yeah, Stingley's good. Elam's. It, you should watch Elam play. He's big. He's like long. Um, yeah. And. Definitely plays plays some lockdown there. Florida's defense actually, I think, stands to be pretty good this year, um, which is a oof, we'll see. Last year seemed seemed like there were some mixed results, but they're gonna have uh, Brenton Cox, Georgia transfer, former five star guy. Play he plays sort of that Russian buck position for Florida, and then Zach Carter um, on on the other end 
that's going to be a really, really disruptive set of ends. So we'll see how the middle holds up for Florida's defense. But this is the kind of talent and approach that uh, Todd Grantham wants <laughs> to have on defense if for him to succeed. So we've, you know, we're into, I don't know what year we are in the Todd Grantham experience, but uh, we are. They probably age you, know, you we like have had years. Yeah, we have had a awful year, and we have had a so-so year, and we've had an awesome year. So it's kind of like, is it Grantham? Is it the players? Is it uh, a mixture of all of them? Probably, but uh, it's definitely going to be put up or shut up time because I think Florida's going to need to rely on their defense this year. But anyhow, that's just a little bit of a uh, little bit of um, you know inside baseball on Florida. I'm excited to see what Bryce Young in Alabama does too. To be honest, yeah. just you know, Alabama's at this point seems to be turning turning out really successful quarterback play. I guess Bill O'Brien's calling plays there now too. The so, notorious DOP. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? All right. Uh, games. I mean, Ooh. obviously, the SEC schedule in and of itself is loaded. Sure. Uh, the two non-conference big ones that we mentioned last episode, Georgia Clemson, Alabama, Miami, both yep. take place this coming weekend. Um and then I had also Bama at Florida, uh, September 18th. Like that, that happens. It'll be here before you're ready for it. So yeah, that's the the unfortunate uh, SEC West crossover for Florida this year. But it's a home game for Florida, and uh, you know, last time out, Florida hung with Alabama in a really strange and weird shootouty Big Twelve type of game that was. Super fun, but interesting. Well, I, I wonder, think, I wonder like, how confident if you have to play Florida Alabama feels. this year. I think you want to play them earlier yeah. in the year before 100%. their quarterback can really gel and figure out what what's going on. So right, uh, we did say LSU at UCLA. I think that's interesting. That is this weekend, Jordan, September fourth. Yep. Um, that uh, that is an interesting game. Let's see, there was another one. Oh, Auburn plays Penn State on the eighteenth of September. Hmm. In Happy Valley, uh, I'm not sure that Auburn is going to be great this year. Just want to throw sure that Penn one out State's there. It's going to be great, either. right? Mississippi State game. at Memphis. Yeah, Mississippi State actually plays Louisiana Tech, NC State, and Memphis all to start the season. That's not supremely easy. It's not a good idea for the Bulldogs, and then they get uh, LSU, A and M, by, and then Bama. So, <laughs> congratulations. To Mississippi State, the uh, 2021 version of Tennessee, who will win all their games down the stretch and be overrated next year. This season, <laughs> Arkansas plays Texas September 11th. Does that tickle anyone's fancy at all? Nope. Kind of a weird game. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious. You know, it's a home game for Arkansas. Texas, new coach, Sam Pittman's got the boys believing. They go up like 17 to seven on Texas. You never know what could happen. That's true. Totally on board. Oh, I'll I'll touch more on that later. In, okay. In I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm obviously excited for uh, Florida, Georgia, too, on October 30th. But sure. That's uh, the usual. Both teams going off a bye. Florida got the dub last year, so I'm sure tensions will be high, which is always fun. Love a nice high-tension football game in October. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Jordan, SEC schedule speaks for itself. Every week there's usually good matchups, and uh, – I don't know. That's why it's fun. Frankly, it's why it's the best. Yeah. Jason, you got any other games jumping out at you? No, really. No. It's just, yeah, this is like this every season. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. Stop. All right. Uh, conference champion. We have another minus 165 favorite in the University of Alabama. We've got Georgia at plus 200. We've got AM plus 1200. And then everybody else is plus 2000 or higher. Right. Uh, I mean, I like, I'm kind of going contrarian here. I'm going to go with Georgia to win and AM as my like dark horse value. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little confused why we're so high on AM after they need to replace a quarterback and Jimbo Fisher is still Jimbo Fisher. Um, they but, get a good warm-up of warm-up set of games before they play Bama on October 9th though. I will say that. Yeah, so I like the the projected record I think in the Athlon is like 10 and 2, 10 and 3. Yeah. So I'm just going to I'm just going to ride with it. Feels funny to me, but I I think maybe someone knows something that I don't. So So I'm curious what what was that comment you made about Jimbo Fisher? He just kind of like I don't know, feels like he's collecting checks right now. Which is fine. Yeah. I respect it, but like I just think in the context of quarterback play, though he's, I would put him amongst the best of getting good stuff out of his quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I am squarely chief fan of returning quarterback guy. Oh, and they do yeah, not yeah. have that. So. I, I get that. I'm I'm curious who they're, who's it going to be. Zach Calzada. Oh no, Hayes King. Oh. oh, this Hayes King guy, pro style number seven. He played a little bit last year. I think he was a high, he was a pretty solid recruit. Elite eleven guy. If he wasn't elite eleven, I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say, but that's a strong quarterback name though. Hayes King. Wow, like that. Yeah, they do bring back Isaiah Spiller, the running back, who was really good last year, and they might lean on that running game a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't love the Jimbo Fisher, like, complicated pro-style offense all the time, but I do think that he teaches it well and that they tend to optimize, you know, they, uh, optimize whoever plays quarterback in that offense. Um, but at the same like time, kinda... like, I, I feel like Kellen Mond never, like, got better. Like, he just kind of was what he was in that offense, even though they, they probably did get better as a team. Yeah, and it feels like at times they play just a style of play that like both keeps them in every game, but also keeps the other team in the game. Oh sure, as well. So it's kind of the pack line experience. Ah, I really give you a basketball. Yeah, so I'm familiar with that, <laughs> but I'm also familiar with the potential stresses it brings. So correct. So real quick, let's run through their schedule. They do. They start with Kent State. They play Colorado and Denver, Ooh. which whatever mile high they play new mexico uh can't really probably be too worried about that one then they got arkansas and mississippi state before they play alabama now that is a lot of games with no buy um then they have missouri south carolina by auburn mississippi prairie view a&m and lsu to end the season so um i mean i don't know i i i like them like you jordan sort of as that value pick in that Maybe like their schedule, maybe more than I like. Yes, them. that's probably that's that's well said. That's well said. But I think 
Georgia should win the SEC this year. Now, can they like put it all <laughs> together? Can they should take- is carrying a lot of weight. Yeah, and I mean, like we've seen them win the SEC in fairly recently, I suppose, right? Um, but they're going to be putting a lot of stock in uh, in that quarterback, JT and- Daniels. Yeah, JT Daniels, and I I'm not like 100 percent sold on him being like. Uh, like a Heisman candidate. And I think we're getting a lot of that kind of buzz um, around. I just don't know that Georgia is set up to produce Heisman winning quarterbacks um, yeah. based on like kind of what they want to do and and who Kirby is in approach and all that. I, I think he will be better. Clearly he'll be better than, you know, the sort of randos that they had playing quarterback last year, which like that is probably not indicative of how well Georgia has recruited. But at the same time, like Georgia has – a demonstrated track record of kind of like running off good quarterbacks too, yep. which has been kind of weird. So, I mean, I guess they got one in here now that could be good, but I don't know how, who is there? Let's see if we recognize any names behind JT Daniels at uh, Georgia. Cause I don't, I don't know that I could tell you who their backup quarterback is. And like, you know, there's that one guy who played a game last year and everybody Oh, Stetson, oh, oh. Stetson Bennett? Yep, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, and they also have this kid, Carson Beck, um, who was a pretty highly rated recruit as well, uh, committed to Florida for a long time, and then decommitted and committed to Georgia. I remember that name. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but Georgia's going to do what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna hand the ball to good running backs. Zamir White is going to be probably have a big year. Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, is still around. Um they're going to be probably just fine there. Their defense is going to be awesome as per usual. Uh, I don't really think it's going to matter that much if they lose to Clemson in the first game of the season um, for their national championship hopes. Uh, they're going to need to win the SEC probably to to get into the four-team playoff. But, uh, you know, I think that's I think that's doable. I just it, uh, it seems like it should be it, it should be their year. Um, based on how everything kind of stacks up. And I think Florida's taking a step back. That's like their likely East opponent um, that would give them the strongest run. Yeah. Jason, you got any of these big uh, plus numbers that you like? Kentucky plus <laughs> 6,600 maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gamecocks. Um, oh, Beamer and them boys. Game. Awakening the Echoes. Blocking a couple punts. You never know what could happen, man. Yeah, definitely. No, no I, I mean, I... It's just really hard to talk yourself into anybody outside the top couple. Yeah. I yeah. Think there's a gap there. I mean, I I could I could give you the pie in the sky like you know Florida could just like come out with their teeth on fire and, sure. and like I think I think Florida is the farthest you can talk yourself into anybody. I think I think I think Florida most. might have the most like boom or bust potential of the top like five. Um, I agree because I mean I think Mullins demonstrated. He does a pretty good job of scheming stuff up. If that defense is really, really good, then I think that all of a sudden Florida is a legitimate threat to Georgia. But they're just – I can't at this point, given what I saw last year, think that Florida's defense is going to just be really, really good when can't I saw a team yeah. – Yeah, I saw a team that like could hardly get lined up last year in week 11 after having four straight weeks off, like sitting around practicing because of COVID stuff. Maybe they weren't practicing because they had a quarantine. Who knows what was actually happening? Scott Frost. But the, uh, you know, I, I, I just think, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I need to, I need to see Florida like put the clamps on a couple teams, and Willie Taggart and Incosi Perry and them boys are coming to town week one this weekend, and that's the that's the first one. What a, what a reu- like a wheel route reunion of a game. Ah, uh, like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Incosi Perry. So who is USF? Near and dear who's, to our heart. Who is USF's quarterback? He's another guy that's like on the the trail of tears of uh, you know questionable quarterback play yeah where is usf I, they, their their quarterback was cracking me up this is just going to be a name and we're going to be like oh yeah <laughs> that guy yeah um oh yeah i remember that espn2 game all right well it doesn't appear that they have the guy that i thought was going to be the quarterback in here this might have come out too early i think they got a transfer or something but Oh, Jaron Williams, another Miami quarterback. I yeah. think it's your likely USF quarterback this this year, unless this this fellow Cade Fortin is going to get it done. But. Cade Fortin's also a name that rings a bell for some reason. <laughs> I mean, that's college football it's very these possible days. I just watch too many games, but yeah, you know, but not yeah. likely. Um, okay, uh, and for the most entertaining segment of the evening, Oof. win yes. total time, boys and girls. I I'll just go right off the bat. I teased this earlier, but I'm going to Arkansas for mine. I'm going under five and a half. Ooh. Apologies to friend of the program, Michael Atkinson. He and I had a had a spirited back and forth in in the text messages. Sure. Um, he's informed Listen. me that that uh, the offensive line has bulked up significantly, which is a good sign. Uh, especially if you want to to control the ball, minimize yeah. opponent possessions. But especially if you want to only lose by like ten, their schedule of like is 30. absolutely right. brutal. Um, yes, Bill Conley has it ranked toughest schedule in the country by SP Plus rankings. Um, I just don't see how you squeeze six out of that schedule. Yeah, I'm, can I'm... they do it? Absolutely. Seeing but, it now, I am with you on that. Um, I mean, their number is... F- I think their number is way too high. I'll say that. Five and a half seems like... Like, who are they going to beat? I mean, they're going to beat scared, Arkansas, gonna, Pine Bluff, and they're going to beat Georgia Southern and Rice. So that's Rice. three. Yeah. So you got to win three more of Texas, Texas A&M, Georgia, Mississippi, two away games... At LSU, at Alabama, and Missouri. No, I mean, it's just like, not going to happen. Like Missouri could happen. Matt Corral could gift you an old Miss game. Uh, I mean, maybe, could, but like, yeah. Maybe but Texas. But we're expecting them to be flat. better, too. But yeah, it, it feels like with that schedule, you got to count on a lot going your way. And at minus 110, I think under. I've seen it minus 105 even some places so i think sometimes too we do this thing where we like can recognize the coach and the coach is a little bit loud and like impassioned and we like want to believe that that team is going to be results wise better than they are but it's just like it's a reality of playing in the west like you can't not everyone's going to win so you're going to exchange losses with a team like i mean maybe you can beat mississippi state but i i would think mississippi state is probably in a better position to win those games and that's than than arkansas is um yeah, I mean it's it's just tough. It's just yeah, tough. Like so, they might for, be they might get better. Their schedules, their records, not going to be any better. I'd love for them to be good because I think Sam Pittman is a fascinating character. 
and sure. I'd love to see more of him in the national spotlight. But I just like straight shooting here. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. So that's my pick. Arkansas under five and a half. Cash it. If it, Cash if it, it cashes, next round of bubbly waters on me, Michael. <laughs> I got you, fam. Alabama at eleven and a half is tantalizing. So you know, lose a game, lose a game, Alabama. Wouldn't that be yeah, nice? Yeah, lose one game with your new quarterback. That could happen. I mean, they're at Florida, at Texas A&M. God, man, but then they get this, and then they're at Auburn at the end of the year. I mean, of course, the the, the year they're breaking in a new quarterback, like they don't have that tough of a season. It's almost like Nick Saban knows what he's doing. Wow. <laughs> Right, they get LSU at home. You just took an entire like existential ride on that. Well, I mean, so they play Miami uh, in the first sense. game of the season, which like, I don't know. I mean, Derek King in Miami, I suppose, could pose a threat, but I'm not sure how great Miami's defense is going to be. I, I feel like that's a game that Alabama it's early season Miami, and that Miami is always way better than <laughs> October Miami. I mean that may be that may be true. Like you'd be in the Miami that plays like NC State on a random Friday night and just gets just torched, and you're like, "What happened to Miami?" Yeah. Or um, Notre Dame just blows them out of the hard. Yeah. Or Virginia. Well, I don't think that happens. It didn't didn't Miami blow Notre Dame out of the hard? It it might have gone both ways there for oh, a couple okay. of years. I'm not sure. Anyhow, um, I've purged that. I, think... I mean, so basically, Alabama has to go undefeated. Is that what we're saying here? Yeah, for the over to cash. Is this regular season wins? Like, yeah, these are yeah, just yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it's it's games on the schedule. I was going to so. say, because three more games makes that super easy. Um, I just – I don't think you could you can guarantee that Alabama is going undefeated this year is all I'm saying. That's fair. Why – it seems like that LSU number is super high. That is very true, Jason. Let's take a look at that. I would take – I would – Let's take a look at look – I mean, for them to get to nine regular season wins, I do not see that at all. Like, they are a candidate. I mentioned Nebraska as this, and I'm kicking myself now for not putting a real money wager on Nebraska under. <laughs> but, like, they seem to be a candidate for if things go south early, yeah. players could get disinterested, things could snowball quickly, and you're staring four and eight down the barrel. You're talking about LSU? Well, the Nebraska oh. more so for four and eight. But okay. Like yes. LSU feels like a similar snowballing candidate. Maybe not. To yeah. That so the start of the season is kind of kind to them. They're, I mean, they had this UCLA game, which I think we all agree is just weird. Um, they should win that. I mean, yeah, they should win that. McNeese State, Central Michigan, they should win those. At Mississippi State, I think they lost to Mississippi State last year at home. You know, you don't want Ed Orgeron in a revenge game, especially on the road. Uh, Auburn, I don't think Auburn's going to be very good. Uh, at Kentucky, that's a tough game. And then they play Florida at home, and they're at Mississippi before they're by. So. Feels like there's a lot of maybes on that schedule, yeah. which makes it a hard number to Eight and a half wins worth way. of maybes, right. They play Alabama, Arkansas. Louisiana Monroe and AM down the stretch. All of those games are at home except for Alabama. So probably don't win Alabama. Probably don't win at Mississippi, maybe. We'll say that. Florida game toss up, maybe. At Kentucky's tough. Auburn at home, Mississippi State on the road. Yeah. Jason, you might be on to you might be on to something there. 
just feels like a really big number for a team with, like you said, three months of question marks ahead. I will also say, just to paint with a huge, I think broad brush, it feels like I feel more inclined to bet unders in general because of the like the forfeit protocol that yep. is in place. Like, uh, that's true. Yeah. Y'all pop Some, Something's going to happen, right? Yeah. Then that's an L. And yeah. I am closer to cashing that. So, for sure. I think also LSU has already had a quarterback go down. That's right. With a, a likely season. Is, it while, was, while it was either on... Brennan or Max Johnson. I see they have a Nussmeyer on the uh, on the the depth chart for quarterbacks. Garrett Nussmeyer. So you yeah, know, I was going to say he's while we're for, on uh, SEC quarterbacks, I saw that Tennessee named uh, former Michigan Wolverine Joe Milton their starting quarterback. Okay. All they right. Really beat out one Hendon Hooker. From oh my God! I, mean, I love I love the quarterback roulette that is college football these days. But what are they taking you the other day? Jarrett Garantano is legitimately like going to start for Washington State this year. Yeah. Like how is Jarrett Garantano yards too? <laughs> get drafted? Yeah, he's going to be taking snaps like you know trying to beat out Felipe Franks for the third string quarterback job on the Falcons next year. <laughs> like I mean, it's he'll get to like... throw to Kyle Pitts in practice. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, uh, I love it. I don't think Tennessee's gonna be very good. Side note: What is their what is their number at? Six and even oh. six. Oh, okay. Since this is content that everyone comes here for, let's just take a look, gander through Tennessee's schedule. <laughs> they gotta play Florida. They gotta play Georgia. Yep. And at Kentucky, they're at Alabama, at Florida. And they play Georgia at home. So we got so three L's for sure. Three L's. So they're at Kentucky? They're at Kentucky. Feels like a fourth L. Yes. They play Mississippi at home. That Should be, be a, a fifth, fifth L. L. <laughs> they're at Missouri. And I'm not saying they're gonna win, they're gonna definitely beat Pittsburgh either. I mean, maybe they yeah. should I mean, be. Missouri Pittsburgh, was what, five and five last year? They weren't bad. I don't think Missouri's bad. I think Missouri is I think Oh, our guy Phil has uh, Missouri higher than Tennessee. All right. Yeah, I mean, they have, our guy Phil has South Carolina higher than Tennessee. Well, he hasn't tied for fifth, which seems like a cop-out. I, I mean, I like the under six bet because they got to win seven for you to lose. That's true. Well, that's why I was looking at Florida at nine as well Yeah. because I think Florida – should win nine. should win nine and not out of the question that they win eight but the over winning 10 is is not uh is seems like it might be crazy tennessee does not bring a whole lot back in terms of returning starters so only 53 letterman return yikes yeah I don't know. I'm just like, look at some of these people on this roster for Tennessee. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, for any the, of these for the names? people in the Commonwealth wondering, Shane Beamer and his Gamecocks number is three and a half. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. present that without commentary. It's a good note. Sandstorm. I mean, I would pound the under there. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting uh, plus they get Van- too. They get Vandy. That's that's a they dub. get Troy, Vandy, East Carolina, and Eastern Illinois. So that's four. Yeah, yeah. I mean the over is minus one sixty five. So yeah, they they do have the benefit of like a ridiculously easy out of conference deal, and they get to play, and they probably are better than Vanderbilt. But I mean, 
Congratulations. Congratulations, South Carolina. So, okay, cool. Well, I mean, I think there's there's some interesting value in the SEC. There's some question marks. I mean, I guess there is a bit of a question mark at the top. And we, we say all of this maybe knowing, and we can move into our who we think is going to win the conference. I mean, we said, I guess we said Georgia uh, yeah. and maybe Alabama, but like ultimately, is anybody going to be surprised if Alabama wins the conference? Nope. Like, no. Right. So they're really good. They're too deep, too maybe, talented. Maybe a little more surprised or impressed than in years past, just because there's, it feels like there's more unknowns than there have yeah. been in years maybe past. Maybe a little more, a little more work to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's kind of funny to laugh at like Bill O'Brien a little bit too, but I mean, it's not like the Texans were hurting to score points. Right. I mean, he, they, he is an offensive mind. Yeah. That's, sure. what, <laughs> that's what he does. He was really good at Penn State um, as well. So, you know, just him getting to just sit around and put his little pencil in his little butt chin and, and think about, you know, think about offensive plays and whatnot is going to be pretty great. So, Jason. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, I, you know, it's like you said, we can say all this stuff, and then yeah, in December, it's probably going to be like, yeah, oh, look, Alabama's up 24 in the third quarter in the SEC championship. Great, great, like, fantastic. Right. So Another, uh, another betting trend I'll be keeping my beady little eyes on. <laughs> Alabama first half covers Ooh. Were, were a big – a big deal for a lot of people last year. Uh, and I don't know. A, I think like books will correct. The pendulum will swing a little bit in terms of the lines they set, but I'm also interested, like, will that happen? There's no way that happens with the same frequency breaking in a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator and you're losing Devonte Smith and right. Like I know Alabama's Alabama, but it it feels like a trend that should not continue. Sure. Do you in think they'd opinion. be more apt though to let like Bryce Young stay in and get reps, even well, in a, a blowout so type it's game? Just first half, just first half covers. Sure. Right. Yeah, that makes that's true. So, but, I mean, Alabama so was so good last year that it felt like they were maybe. They were taking their foot off the gas. You could even argue before halftime in some situations, but didn't they play like a ridiculous game against Ole Miss last year? I'm pretty sure that Alabama Ole Miss game last year was like was Ole Miss was spicy. was leading that game in like the fourth quarter. Like both teams were in the 40s and it was just going wild. But anyhow, oh yeah, Jordan, you're you're so right though about the I would be so mortified if lane kiffin was like the head coach i was hitching my wagon to just like it would be so fun but it would be just a comet ride and you know that your team was going to probably lose game it shouldn't lose and you know you're gonna like have alabama on the ropes you know randomly on a saturday night just like <laughs> just like uh, so close down to the, the middle because yeah. that line in new girl where nick he's like dating this girl he's like i know this is going to end terribly but the whole middle part's going to be awesome <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go perfect that's the old miss football experience the old miss football experience <laughs> yeah rip the t-shirt uh, anyhow um not super thrilled about vanderbilt don't think they're gonna be that great the bottom of the conference is gonna Gonna have some tough. Gonna take some lumps this year, I think. Yep, but that yeah, revenue right. share is gonna be oh so nice. Yeah, shout out to Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So I wonder what happens. I know Florida had Texas on the schedule for like two or three years from now. I mean, I'm guessing that kind of maybe goes away, unless somehow it just slid in 
under the Texas before Texas joins the conference. But I, I wonder if they'll try to get. In. I wonder if they'll try to get out of that, knowing that maybe Texas becomes a SEC East team or something <laughs> before too much yes. longer. Hmm. Yeah, who There's is a lot to figure out in the East, Texas or oh. Oklahoma? I mean, well, <laughs> that's a good question. You can sleep on it if you want. I would or probably, do you, or do I you mean, put them both in the West and move somebody over from the? Does West? Oklahoma's coach ever leave? Because the answer might be Oklahoma, like long term. Well, I mean, if they call Shane Beamer back home, <laughs> back home. <laughs> I thought he was I mean, from South Carolina. He is, technically, he is home. But it's like, called yeah. back home to I feel like you've used call Shane Beamer back home for like five different schools, Jordan. And well, I respect. He it. seems to be pretty liberal in the way he. Uses you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Jason, who the Dukes? Who the Dukes opening up with? Oh, we're opening up with Moorhead State on Saturday. Oh, you getting stoked? Yeah, it should be fun. Six o'clock game. Home home game. Home game. Yeah. Under the lights at Bridgeforth. Under the lights. Who's the uh, cash money game this year for the Dukes? Uh, we don't have an FBS game. Oh. We are we're playing at Weber bunch State. Of, who's bunch like of scared FBS schools? Am I right? You you joke, but it's hard to schedule FBS schools at this point. You're not wrong, Logan. No, I know. I'm not joking either. Yeah, victims uh, like, of their own success. There are a lot of people that just straight up won't play us anymore. Well, you or won't we'll play, only play us. Y'all should play Bama, maybe, huh? How about Bama? <laughs> the Dukes don't want it, Paul. <laughs> the um, tide is scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Weber Weber State's like a top five FCS team. We're flying out there in where is three that, weeks. Utah? Dang. Ogden, Utah, the farthest west the Dukes have ever played. Wow. Yeah. What They'll come the back in like a year or two. I forget which. What's the second farthest? North Dakota? Uh, Frisco, I think. Mm. Oh, I forget which is farther west, west, Frisco yeah, or yeah. Fargo. The higher up you get on the globe, the less west you actually go to get to that's those true. states. That's just that's, physics. That's, that's kind of weird. It's like the, it's like the, the record. Trig. I know a little trig. You know, I'm an engineer. Licensed. Stamp some things. All right, boys, it's been fun. Let's uh, let's land this plane. Preview season is officially over. We'll be back with a week one uh, preview, and uh, we'll we'll just uh, you know keep this happy train rolling. That's Kay. right. Okay, everyone. All right, thanks for joining us. The Wheel Route at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com. Send us emails. Tell us to pick it up. Uh, thewheelroute.com is the website. You can go there, download the show. Once we start picking games, we will have the pick spreadsheet up there. And you can play along. Um, until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes.